Hello and welcome to I Spit on Your Grades, the best home invasion episode. Uh, it's me, Mercer, along with my usual co-host, Faye and Chris. Hello. Good evening. That was delayed. I sounded the first question there. Hello. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, sorry if we sound a little bit tired today or a little bit out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just... We've had a really busy day doing something quite exciting, mm-hmm. um, which we're not able to tell you about in full just yet. That's, but we will be able to. We will that, be freeway, able to. that freeway was pretty awesome. <laughs> we said exciting, not male. Um, <laughs> oh, um, no, yeah, we, 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 we've, we've had a, a very long day um, today, um, but it's worth it. And, you know, when, nope. when we do get to announce what it is, it will be very worth it. So yeah, uh, also what we'd like to do is we'd just like to say a big thank you this week. So anyone who listened to last week's show, uh, results show, know that we put out a request to ask you what your best home invasion movies were. We tried this before and um, it didn't go so well. Um, I think we had one response. One, so, pluck, one plucky one, underdog. One very random, um, obscure response. Uh, this time. This time. We've had 70 responses. Ooh. 70 responses. That's almost 70 as many. <laughs> and um, we actually got 30 different films suggested to us. That's amazing. Yes, it is amazing. We, of course, had to go with the film that had the most suggestions. And uh, we'll let you know what that is when we get to it. Yeah, the end. Yeah. The end. Well, we can we... wait. Yeah, after we've done that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, as I won last week's Christmas episode, festive film with Anna and the Apocalypse, um, I get the joy of going first this week. So, my home invasion mover um, was the absolutely excellent Spanish Sequestrados. Mm. Or kidnapped, if you... Or kidnapped, yeah. <laughs> as as it would be known in the UK. Um, it sounds much more fancy the way you first did it, though. I know, and I did it really well. You really did. I did, actually. Yeah. Um, so that was um, directed by Miguel Angel Vivas, or Vivas, uh, and written also by him and Javier Garcia Arendondo. Mm. Um, so hopefully you've seen Kidnapped. If not, make sure you watch Kidnapped after you've listened to this show. But just to give you a quick rundown... Kidnap's basically a story about a family who moved to a new house. We've got uh, the father, Jane, or Jamie, played by Fernando Cayo. Uh, he moves with his wife, Marta, uh, Anna Wagner, and his daughter, Issa, uh, played by Manuela Velas. And we're just following them moving into the house, going through your typical kind of family bickering, you know, she wants to go out, mum wants them all to have a family meal to celebrate, she takes advantage of her dad's kind nature so that she can, you know, blag him. Um, So we're just watching this kind of normal, mundane scene and then bam, bam, boom, shabam, Mm -hmm. it kicks off big style. (laughs) We have uh, three people invade the house, um, they are fucking brutal uh-huh. uh, throughout. Um, we follow the journey of the dad and one of the kidnappers as they go in to clear out like cash machines. Um, and then the other two remaining kidnappers in the house with the mum and the daughter. Um, and 
Honestly, shit just goes down. Yeah. And it it gets brutal. Um, it's kidnapped. Oh, kidnapped's terrible, but in the best in, way possible. In a great way. <laughs> yeah. as, in, as in it's ultraviolent and gritty and leaves you feeling. You, you are... I don't want to say struggling to breathe. That might be a bit too dramatic, but you do, <laughs> you you do find yourself quite tense as you're watching it, and you are, yeah. you are with them, and you're like, "What's going to happen?" I mean, to be to be fair, we ran through the plot, but we dive straight in. We've completely yeah. ignored the fact that we start yes. with with one individual who's already been kidnapped. You say how tense it is. Yeah, it literally gets you from the second. The like it, it opens. opens up. Yeah, we've got just this man laid on the floor with a blast plastic bag on his head. It's got blood on it. It it, it looks like he's dead to start with. Yeah, and then he starts like the panic breathing. Um, it's the when he's trying to get when he gets up and he's trying to like find his way. He's got yeah. his hands tied behind his back. He's like staggering through, like what looks like a like a forest, wood, but like yeah, forest. but a very sparse one. Gets up onto a road. Yeah. Bam! By See, a car. Right, right. Well, it's like double shock, isn't it? Yeah. Like, the timing on that must have been impeccable because yeah. I don't know how we saw through that. The, uh, the, the, the timing of the car is the one thing it, I have a weird issue with because there's a first car that narrowly misses him mm-hmm. and then somehow he manages to wander in and the car behind the first car has not noticed this man just narrowly be missed and just ploughs straight could through. Have, could have been didn't, even, didn't even get the brake. Didn't even touch the brakes. Could have been looking at his radio. Could have been looking at his phone. I think he might have touched the brakes because he doesn't die when he hits him. Yeah, it's not it, like that. He the hits other car's him, going really there's, fast. There's no, there's no slowdown when he hits him full speed on. Here's a great double. Here's a great moment. Good. At the start. A minute it. into the film and Chris is already <laughs> destroying it. You expected anything less. <laughs> so... That's like like the opening sequence, yeah. and then we go into the the family moving yeah. into the house. Um, I kind of like the the way that plays out. Just yeah, um, it's natural. Yeah, it does feel very natural. Mm. Um, well, with I was just gonna say, I mean, that's the thing. The thing with all our picks, they take their time to lay out that family dynamic. That dynamic, whether it be Cherry Tree Lane, which we'll get on to next, or your next, or our mystery four film. They take the time to build that dynamic. We obviously we went straight in with a little bit, the tense start, the beginning of mm. kidnapped. But normally we take that time. We get to know our victims before things ratchet up, and that's good because I think without that, I'm not sure you would actually care for the characters if that weren't in you place. You need to care for the yeah. characters in kidnapped. As, so yeah, it's, with, it's with something as brutal as what happens to them, you know, you, it can't just be like whimsical. Oh, you've seen these people for a few minutes, and that's yeah. it. Ha- it has to be something meaningful for you to want them to survive. What I also like about just the first part of the film, it happens throughout, but yeah, I think it's very prominent in the first because there's a lot of like the build, the the guy, the dad coming home, the daughter arguing, and there's a lot of movement. I love like, that through movement. the house, mm. just the way the camera kind of picks its character and tracks them. It flows. And then it moves to the next, like it flows, so Fluid. that character interacts with someone else and then it goes off with them. Yeah. So it kind of follows, like, the the characters, but, like, individuals. So I really like that. I think that looks... Yeah, I like, like the look of that. That is good. Quite nice. Yes. 
And it is quite mundane, and I think that's what's quite funny about it. Like, the, it feels like they have this kind of argument all the time. Like, the daughter uses, ignores the mum and asks the dad. I think that's true of most home invasion films, like Chris was saying. I think it's that you, because it is something that you're used to, and you get comfortable in how you interact with each other day to day, that when something out of the ordinary does happen, you don't see it coming. Well, that's, and that's the that's what makes it so shocking. Well, that, yeah, as you said, that's the idea. The juxtaposition should be that you you have this awful incident against this comfy family home life. Yeah. So that's what you want that to settle in. So they want you to go, okay, oh, yeah, I've seen this. I've had this argument a million times. I've played my dad off against my mum or mum against my dad. You want that to be that instantly recognisable hook. Yeah, it's yeah. relatable. And that is why, like I say, that is why when things do kick off royally, you are more taken aback by them. And I, I I, really like the way things kick off in this. Yes. Just the, the, the just the smashing of the window and him just walking into the house and, I was going to say a bad word there, punching the dad in the it's face. It's a bad word, it's right. I don't think everyone would understand it, so twatting. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't like that word. Yeah, but just that, like, it goes from, like, this normal, oh, we do this all the time, to, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. And I think for us, it's, like, just that smash, it's, like, a quick jolt of, whoa. Yeah. Like, I knew it was going to happen. Not sure when or how, um, but I liked that. Mm. And then when the daughter sees it and tries to run out and opens the front door, and there's two guys just stood there, and you're like, you are done for. Yeah. I think it's awesome as well. Do you know, I say it quite a lot in in my notes, I mean, I say it quite a lot. They're rough with each other. Like, yeah. when they're ragging that girl and ragging around, she's flailing herself all over the place. It all looks really rough. Yeah. Um, but I think that, I don't know how they did it. Again, I don't know how they did it. When he throws and she whacks her head off. Oh, Whoa. Yeah. It just looks so real. You're yeah. just like, wow. There are a lot of moments that just totally throw you and that you are you yeah. are shocked by them I am certainly I don't know about you two but. no I mean when we when we get there there are various moments throughout the entire thing which are, are shocking and one that when we get there I will explain why it brought me the absolute tears of laughter of oh, course devastation. you will of course you will <laughs> so obviously we're moving on like moving on with the film mm-hmm. um, it, it then does something that I love um which of you know, the dad's gone now, the women are left alone with the two kidnappers, Caesar's come, that's Ice's boyfriend, unexpectedly. Um and we we have that moment where the girl the two women run away and they hide in the bathroom. Which is done and then it's with split, split screen. Split screen. So we're watching them in the bathroom, like trying to work out what to do. And the kidnap the home invaders with Caesar, so Ace's boyfriend, and at the same time, and it's a bit, it feels like a bit of a head fuck because mm. you're not really sure who to watch and who to listen to because everything's going on at the same time. Yeah. But it also just puts you like in the middle of yeah. the situation. And there's panic either side, so it's, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's a great use of split screen. I love the split yeah. screen in this, it's really good. I've seen it loads of times, but it, yeah, it really feels right in this yeah. one. 
So Wally, while they're at, while they're out, they're out of the house, then we've obviously mentioned the dad's out. Let's talk motive. Money. What is the motive? Is money. It money. We find. Yeah. I mean, we find out obviously the guys are Albanian because he tell, They ask, and he says, "Um, yeah." He's Albanian. Albanian when the police officer turns it later on, but yeah, it does appear just to be money, not even a high, huge high steamer. It's clear the clear the dad is successful in whatever he's doing due to the size of the house he has, and you look at the lifestyle they're living. But for a plan to drive around to a couple of a drive around, take cash out of six cards, an ATM, and then take whatever's in the safe, mm. doesn't exactly scream hot. Did you say though? At the end of the film, he just said to the dad, oh, "Don't get money back, but we're doing this again tomorrow." Yeah, that's because he wants. Yeah, because he so said he it hasn't taken money. enough yeah. out that time, so just... he had to go. It's a weird way to go around about it. Yeah, well, we do. It we feels do... like a dog motive. We do see that one of the kidnappers is one of the guys who helped them move. Yeah. Earlier that morning, so I, it may be if you go back to the beginning of the film that he's going in these houses, he's scoping out where everything is because he knew where the car keys were because he got his car keys already. He'd handed them to him. Yeah. And gone, just move my car if you need to. So he's scoping it out and finding out where everything is. So they hopefully could just go in and it's a smooth job. They can get out because he says he likes things easy. And if it had gone in and there had been quite a lot in the safe, then by all means, I think they would have took what was ever in there. And it, they would have gone, but clearly there wasn't as much in the safe as they'd hoped. What we, what the, the woman at the ATM when they arrived there as well. When when you say to someone, "I need you to phone the police," you yeah. don't expect the response to be here. Yeah, take, take all it. my money. But I do think it's funny about that scene is obviously we've got car bad guy. I don't know that bad guy's names. So car bad guy yeah. says to him, "Do not do anything that will cause or arouse suspicion." I'm going to be studying, watching you with his phone, ready to call if you fuck up. I don't know about anyone else, but if I saw anyone at a cash machine go as close to that woman as he did, mm-hmm. you would be like, you're doing something suspicious. Yeah, straight away. But he didn't notice until the woman has a panic. Um, what I did love after that was when he was in the car and he was going, please, I'm sorry, I don't hurt my family, don't do this. Yeah. And the bad guy's just like, do you know what? Like, it doesn't matter to me whether they're alive or dead. Yeah. I, I just want to get this done. And it's like, oh, you literally just don't give a shit. Mm. Like, you just, this is, it is like a job. It's like us going to our jobs. It's yeah. like, I just got to work and I get it done. So jumping back into, like, the, the film and where we're going, some of the other things that I kind of like is when we get back, when we're back in the house watching the family, there's this really awkward scene where the mother and the daughter are tied up, uh, they're sobbing their eyes out, they're sat on this couch, and the villain kind of like just sits in the middle of him yeah. and he just like puts telly on and he's like flicking through channels. And there's like this moment where they're both like looking at him like, I really don't know what to do right now. He's in a stressful <laughs> situation. He needs some downtime. <laughs> but they're like, they're like, this is a bit awkward. It, it is. And, but, but it's scary. But you know, kidnappers get stressed too. Hmm. What happens next is, it's, it's probably my least favourite part of the film just because I don't, I love the film mm-hmm. and I like what happens. I just, I didn't want what happened to happen. Yeah. So <laughs> it was inevitable from, from the get-go. You knew that in that house, one of them women were going to be subject to a sexual assault. As as it as is with most home invasion yeah. films. You knew it, but you kind of hoped it wouldn't happen. Yes. Um, I do like 
the the scene where the he's trying to take the daughter where the mother kind of gets him. She's like, just do it to me, and I won't even I won't even fight you. I'll just let you do what you want. Um, and his response to that is to flip her around and snap her arm. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm just like, wow. Yeah, but they yeah. are so brutal. To say they're only getting some money. I mean, what, what is it in films where you do where you do make that transition from just home invasion to actually raping somebody? Well, else? that's the thing. He's gone from them being able, in my opinion, them being able to walk out of that situation and leave everyone alive. Yeah. To we're probably gonna we're, we're definitely gonna kill these people. Yeah. Like that's what it feels like is gonna happen. And that makes me question the intentions, like you said. Like, is it about money or is it about fun? I think a lot of times when when you see people who are the um, who are the home invaders, as it mm-hmm. were, I think a lot of it is is just a position of power, and I think they like to um, exercise that power and show them I'm the boss and I can do whatever I want to. Yeah, I think they like them. Well, they, yeah, they do. They like them scared. I like that feeling. And obviously, as we'll come to with all the other films that we touch upon yeah. today, it is it's a feeling of power out and out. Well, it all, they all they all share the same theme, where it tends to spiral out of control as well. Yeah. Because with the police, with the security guard slash police officer, the leader's applicable. Who comes around to actually check on the noise? They could easily have let him go. There is no need to kill him. There isn't a need to kill him, but I find especially like he kidnapped as well when he's in the house or when he, he from the get-go the interaction between him and the mum uh Omar, there's she's obviously distressed yeah and it's very evident that there's a problem and it's very evident all throughout the way she looks at him the way she can't think about like where things are it, it's very evident that there's a problem and it, it bugs me that police officers don't just go like, th- thumbs up, thumbs down. Do I need to go and get you some help? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, so you deserve to die. But that is before, yeah, all the rest of the bad stuff happens mm-hmm. to, like, Mortar and I. So. Um, what we also see is the, the guy who did actually help him move in develops a conscience. Yeah, yeah. So he, he obviously doesn't want it to go that far. I mean... It's, it's just that... <laughs> This is a great, great from the list. Good point, good point. I love it. Um, I just, I don't get, like, why he doesn't stop it. He tries to. Yeah, he does, but he lets him take her away. Like, why didn't he stand his ground before and go, we're not doing this? Maybe because he didn't, until they were actually in the act of doing yeah, it, he didn't realise how bad it were going to be. And he just tried to stop him then. Yeah. yeah. The crazy, crazy bad guy goes off uh, and he starts doing bad stuff to Isa. Um, and that's when the the other bad guy goes in and he kind of stops it from happening. And at this point, we see a turning point in Isa's character. And again, this is something I like because throughout the film, she's, she is quite screamy and yeah. a bit... Very Texas Chainsaw. Very Texas, yeah. But she's also... She feels quite weak as a character. Yeah. Like, she wants to be protected. Um I I get that from her. Yeah, yeah, um, but like she she has a turn now, don't you? And she she lets rip. She snaps. She snaps, and let me tell you what she does to to the the guy who's actually assaulted her with with a butt plug ornament. <laughs> with like a giant steel butt plug acorn is 
is brutal. And again, the way they do it is amazing. Yeah. We've just got this... It doesn't cut away. We've just got her slamming this yeah. acorn into his head repeatedly. And we're just watching it cave in. And it's it's kind of at a distance. And you're like, God, that is brutal. And then they do a fucking close-up <laughs> of it. And you're like, whoa. The, the effects on it are brilliant. It was yeah. so good. I don't know how they did that. I mean, obviously, it's all makeup and whatnot. But whoever were doing makeup on that film... Yeah, I think we're also in another split screen at this point, aren't we? we Where the dad is driving driving yes. home and finds out that his family are going to go through this again tomorrow yes. and decides to take, try and do what he can to rescue them. So, like, again, an awesome split screen because we've got him thinking that what's happening at home is that they're being... They're, they're, they're being victimised and which they are but they're not being able to defend themselves so he puts himself in a dangerous situation they're trying like, to get there yeah and... so he crashes the car so that he can get there to rescue them but Isa's got it under control now Isa Isa yeah Isa. she's yeah, she's he's... under control she's she's got rid of one of them she's beating people to death yeah fine. other one chickens out and decides to do a runner yeah yeah so you know it's and it's that, again, it's that scenario, like, if he not done that, I wonder if the ending would have been different. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so the dad crashes the car, he gets into the house, he... the Has a standoff with the coward as he's on the yeah, way out of yeah. the door. Yeah, he, he does one, he goes in, everyone's alive, Caesar's alive, everyone's alive. Yay! Yay! <laughs> no, he's like, and Phil, yeah. I turned, and stop. I turned it off at this point because yeah. I, I love a happy ending. <laughs> no, but it's like, oh, right, yeah, he's, he's done it. Like, he's all, except the other main car buddy's not dead and he comes back into the house. Dun, dun, dun. And it's fucking awful. He, he kills the dad. With a sledgehammer. With, With a sledgehammer, sledgehammer. Just straight, straight through, straight off the block, out of the blocks. Yep, just he walks in, sledgehammer in face. Then mother comes upstairs, sees that he's kind of like killed the dad. Takes the worst shot in the world. It's it won't shoot. The no, gun won't shoot. No, she shoots first. Uh, she fires oh, first she? and misses. Misses, and then she can't shoot. And then again, fucking brutal. The way he holds the gun just to her head and like shot. It's on screen, full on. It's not even that. It's before he gets to the actual shot. He shoots once, and the thing comes out. Yeah. And like, oh thank God! And then the next one just blows her head. And you're like, oh no. Bad times. Wish <laughs> and then and then Chris's favourite part in the movie comes up where Isa and Caesar come running upstairs. And uh, see, see, how does and Caesar die? Caesar, Caesar, he doesn't die. He's meant to end up. The way this is shot makes it look like Caesar spectacularly knocks himself out by running full poets on the wall on the way out the door. It does, to be And I laugh for about ten minutes <laughs> and then I rewound it and watched it again and laugh more. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so now Caesar's dead, and we've just got I. I saw Caesar was running, by the way. He, he was, was running to us. It was, but then they did leave him to die as well. Um, she wanted to say, yeah, it, right. But yeah, so now we've got to like I saw badass. I saw he saw one of them's right. With no family left. No family left, and she just freezes, and and the main guy kind of walks away, and it just a close up. It like starts zooming into Issa's face, and. I personally, when I first watched this, thought, oh, that's it. He's, he's going to leave her to live the rest of her life, witnessing a family basically be tortured yeah. and murdered. Um, but no, he 
fucking brutally stabs her repeatedly in the stomach for quite a while. And then it just fades to black. And it's like, the very first time I saw this, which we saw thanks to our friend Mitch Harrod, mm-hmm. um, I just remember that gasp of like, I think we all did. It was just like yeah. a, Ooh, yeah. what? Like nobody survives. But not just nobody survives, but they all fucking die in the most brutal manner like you can possibly imagine. No I love happy it. Ending. Absolutely love it. I love a no happy ending film sometimes. I think it's great. Because life isn't always a happy ending. No, it is not. Um, but it just ends so abruptly as well. And yeah. that, that's what I love. It's just like, it's just shanking her in its stomach. <laughs> yeah. In the, same, in the same way it kicks in with a just, a, it kicks in at full pace. Again, just yeah. a sudden, just a sudden it. stop. Yeah, at full pace, just at, like you, like you are like at that moment at your tensest, going oh my god, and then ends. You're like, uh-huh. I've got all this like pent up kind of tension. That, like, what do I win? What can I do? What They're all I dead. Do? So yeah, so that's kidnapped, and that is why kidnapped is the best home invasion movie that has ever ever been made. Um, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do that thing again. It's like we festive episode where they're all brilliant. Like I'd, I'd say, I'd, I'd say the choice from listeners is probably less so for me. But the three that we've chosen, I'm slagging off the listeners. I'm not slagging it off. <laughs> I'm entitled to my opinion. I'm just saying it's a scenario again where all three I absolutely love, and I would have been happy to pick any three of them. And I and I just like just to add on to that, um, mine is still the best. <laughs> and um, just remember to vote for it when we do a public vote. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I guess we move on to our second film. Our second film of the episode will be my choice, Cherry Tree Lane. From 2010, um, first watched this at our first Fright Fest and absolutely fell in love with it. Um, directed by Paul Andrew Williams, who did it on the back of the cottage, which I also love. Um, we start with a typical London family, uh, husband and wife, Christine and Mike, just having tea, discussing, the, as, as with Kidnap, discussing day-to-day life, mundane conversation, having a little bit of an argument with each other, a bit of tension there. You don't know from a phone call she's just had whether she might be having an affair or not. Don't know. Um, And then they get a knock at the door asking if their son, Sebastian's home. Uh, They go away. They carry on with the dinner. They get another knock. And then, as with kidnapped, all hell breaks loose. Uh, You get these kids who rush them, tie them up, gag them. That they're obviously after Sebastian. It turns out Sebastian has uh, grasped on one of their cousins. Uh, that's Rian, who's played by Jermaine Hunter, who is absolutely terrifying when he does these kinds of roles. It really freaks me out. But um, yeah, they, they bust their way in and they're out for revenge, basically, waiting for Sebastian to get home. So it, it's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's, it's, a, it, it's the type of film you can see happening to you. It's weird because with Kidnapped, they're adults and the agenda's clear, but with Cherry Tree Lane, 
they're out of the depth the minute they get there. They're just being kids and mm. they're trying to take control of a situation and showing how hard they are and showing the loyalty to the family. But it's all so amateur that it just goes terribly wrong. Your guys' thoughts on it when you watched it? No? <laughs> Nothing? Wow, all right. Let no. me fuck off then, Jesus. No, um, I think, like we covered with um, Kidnapped, I like like I do like the start of Trade Relay. And there's something just odd about us watching a telephone call that we can't hear, but we're just watching broccoli boil in a pan. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. like, this is a bit bizarre, like... Yeah. What what am I doing? The what ten- am I watching? The tension between them is really really good at the start. The fact the fact they we've not we've gone into this family and like the nice happy go lucky Spaniards. Obviously, they live in Spain. They don't live in Brixton or wherever, so you can understand why they're at. I felt when I was watching this, the guy didn't stand a chance. She just kept pushing him mm. constantly. So like even when he's not saying it, she's like, "You want to say it though." Just say it if you want to say it. So then she's like, all oh, right, you can't leave it alone, can you? Yeah. And you're like, just leave him alone. Have your tea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just eat your dinner. Sit yeah. down with your dinner in front of your really oddly small TV. Your oddly blue room. I'm going to I'm gonna throw that out there. Can it's I, a very blue room. I need to throw some out there. Go ahead. There's only two chairs at that dining table for a family of three. But what Does teenager... Does he never what teena- Yeah, what teenager hangs around and spends time with the parents? When the first two... It's still like it just felt odd. It's like like literally they've they've excluded him instantly. Sebastian's running drug circles. He can do True. what he wants. True. But yeah, um, like following on from that, I think that's maybe why when um, Mike does get tied up, you see him. It's quite feeble in relation to her. If that makes sense. I I think she's. Demasculated, demasculated, demasculated. <laughs> I think she's demasculated him somewhat. Yeah. Um, and obviously, whatever has gone on does involve another man, mm-hmm. uh, even though she says she didn't do anything. Yeah. So I think he's he's lost a bit of his manhood. Yeah. In a very kind of binary, generic way, like I just feel like yeah, he's lost a bit, and I think that pisses her off. Yeah. As well. Which is why she's pushing him. Um, so yeah, like when they come in, he's down on floor mm. immediately. I don't even think he attempts to defend himself. I don't think so. I don't think Man. he gets the chance to be yeah. fair. They're rushed by they're rushed by three or two guys because one of them's got her. So he doesn't really have much of a chance. No, no. And to be fair, for a man, as you say, who maybe has emasculated, he spends a great deal of the film trying to break trying to break those those masking deck. Masking tape that he's actually yeah. there with. He spends a great deal of effort for some woman who's really not very nice to him. It's maybe for his son more, though, I'd say, because his son's obviously at the heart of it, and they have, you know, made it there. They know that they're there for Sebastian. So. And they also know Sebastian's due home yes. at, like, 9 o'clock. So. so it's kind of a race against the clock yeah. sort of thing. And also it gives him a chance to prove that whatever opinions people have of him or he has of himself, like, he gives him a chance to prove that that's not who he is and yeah. he can look after his family. Also, I guess natural instinct kicks in, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. even if it's not to protect them, he wants to protect himself. So, yeah. 
So from when the kids do come in and they've got them tied up and they're just hanging around waiting for Sebastian to come home, uh, Rian and Assad and Teddy, they're moving around the house, uh, checking out the DVD collection, just basically making everything a bit icky. <laughs> it is, isn't it? You, you don't, the thought of someone going through your stuff because he picks up a DVD and he's like, oh, what's this is it for? And I've never heard of this. And it's your property and it's stuff you've bought and it's stuff that you've got memories with. And someone just comes in and puts their hands all over it. And that, I, don't, I don't like that. Are we just going to end it there? <laughs> I was just going to say, I know you I know you feel there's a class a class issue when they're going through the DVDs yeah. and everything there when they're playing the classical music against it. You feel there's a, there's a way of showing that these guys are from a rough background and you have that, again, that position of these inner city hoodlums going through all these nice items no I, I think i said that it was because it was just trying it was just trying to make it classy i don't think i said that i think you said that i think you said an excellent salient point well i actually thought that the whole <laughs> it's, it's nice that we did pick up on the classical music mm. scene i actually thought it was just to create that juxtaposition that because for me, like classical music, is supposed to be a soothing, calming um, experience. You're yeah. supposed to, be, you know, relax to classical, and then you've got this kid like throwing DVDs as if it's like nothing, and you know what's going on. Chaos against the calm. chaos. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. Possibly. So three different viewpoints on that, then. Yeah. 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 What yeah. I also saw, like, so. With them walking around the house and um, throwing the DVDs and doing what they do, it brings to light your point where you said they're just kids. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing because they've, they've literally they've got no gloves on. They've got, no, yeah. They've, they've got, got nothing. They don't know what they're doing at all. So no. that, yeah, that, that bothers me. Not that they don't know what they're doing. The issue of saying, you believe this could happen. No, I, I imagine if someone wanted to do someone in for grassing, they'd probably just knife them in the street rather than go around, put your feet up, Sit there in someone's home where anyone could turn up and find you with someone tied up on the floor. But yeah, we've that, seen it. Yeah. We, we, you have seen this thing happen in the news. It's not. It's not not something that doesn't happen. Home invasions happen all the time. There was that one with that woman. Yeah, I can. When they sat on that woman, like that woman sat on that woman for hours while them guys were going to her house trying I can to find stuff. I can understand that if you're going to go and rob them, or you're looking to get in, get in, go through possessions. Get out, get access. But to go in and go, right, we've got this plan where we're going to go in and sit down and wait for someone to get... Chris, you haven't lived our lives. That, we're that... from Parson Cross. <laughs> this kind of thing happens. That leads me back to my earlier point of they are quite amateur in what they're doing. So I don't think they fully have a plan when they go in. I don't think they no. know what they're going to do to him because he calls up after and asks her to bring that axe round because he doesn't at that point know what he's going to do but he's got to do something to defend his family it's all messy it's all very yeah. very messy I think the actual plan was because they went away and came back so I think the actual initial plan was we'll knock on the door ask for him when he comes to the door we'll shank him and go yeah but they couldn't and then I think the I think the plan probably developed from the fact that they had to stand around waiting it was like 
What do we do? <laughs> so, like, so, right, let's we just go back. We won't, we, we won't go home. We won't get Xbox on. Yeah. What we'll do, we'll go in and just break in and take them and sit there for however long. I have an issue. They were planning on hurting somebody, so... They did. They yeah. hurt my entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Film number two, and Chris has started slitting that one. Yeah, this this was always going to um, happen, wasn't it? But uh, when they are in the house, uh, obviously developments arise, and uh, they start making themselves at home. They start smoking in the living room, smoking weed in the living room, and... Um, I'm a bit more annoyed I ate my biscuits. <laughs> yeah, they go for the biscuits, because who wouldn't? And uh, then um, Rian goes... Full on crazy, which again freaks me out. Um, and takes Christine into the bedroom and decides he's going to rape her. And, and not, th- these are my least favorite things about home invasion I, when they're raped. I don't know what's up with you two, how you both landed a film where there's not only a rape scene and there's also with HM cash withdrawals. As, as opposed to yours, which is all about money and they want to have sex yeah, but, next to a dead person. But as we'll, come let's, hang on, let's, we'll come to that but, later. But I think what he's saying is we like we've got similar like both of our films have a, the 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 same yeah, thing in yeah, it. Yeah. Take the cars, take the numbers, take the money, and then let's rape someone. I I'm I mean, do you know what? I'm not gonna pretend I'm some kind of feminist. Um or I don't. I'm not like <laughs> I'm not gonna say I hate like rape scenes. I do hate rape scenes. I'm not gonna say I like. I don't know them. where you're going with this, <laughs> but I mean, quite often I find like rape scenes are used to obviously exert power and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I don't always think it's needed. Each church related, I don't feel they needed to do the rape scene. Okay. I think he, the motivation behind him and the way that the characters are. It just didn't feel like... Do you know what you said about them breaking into the house? Yeah. Uh, that doesn't feel like that's what they do. I just kind of feel like I don't feel that they would then, once they broke in, proceed to rape somebody. Unless, again, the intentions were to kill But like I said everyone. before, I, going in and not knowing what they're going to do and the the, the, the acts that they do they are a power thing. Mm. And I think he's starting to feel he doesn't know what he wants to do and he doesn't know it's yeah. going to pan out. So to get that power back and to get that confidence... Sounds bad, but to get that confidence back, it goes and does that. Because, again, it's putting him in the position of power and it's just weakening them more. And I think he's kind of getting a bit of a kick off that. He's young. He's not do- I, don't, I don't think he's done this sort of thing before. I think this is probably the first time he's done it. And he's... This this makes it sound like he's in some sort of training for it. That's not <laughs> what I mean. But he's finding his feet and he's, he's testing out things and how it makes him feel, how he feels when they get broken. It's just a growing lad. <laughs> Yeah, it's just going learning life lessons. <laughs> it sounds like I'm defending him. I'm not defending him. Um, well. No. Going back to what I was saying before, like like when I was talking about not being a feminist or being a feminist, um, and we didn't know which and, point you were making. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, like like you said, rape is about power, um, and f- for me, like the use of rape in a film is because it's probably or quite possibly the worst thing that could happen to a woman or a man. 
or a man, but typically it tends to be women that it happens to in yeah. these movies. But like, it's it's kind of the worst thing. So like, if you were to imagine the most horrific thing that could happen to you yeah. as a woman, it's probably being subject to rape. Yeah. But she's already going through something horrific, knowing that he keeps telling her, I'm going to kill your son. Maybe that isn't so enough like, for him. Maybe it's not enough. I just mean like, for me, for me as the viewer, I don't feel that she... I don't feel the rape was justified to create a terrible situation for her. I never felt that. Because the worst thing that could happen to her... Not, I'm not saying rape is good, but <laughs> for, as a parent, you, you imagine the worst thing that would happen to them is being in a house while their son's getting murdered. To me, with the scenario the way it is and as it's played out... It was a transition of going into that. It mm. was eventually going to lead to that. You could see from the way he was looking at her. You knew it was oh, going to happen. Yeah. And for, so, so for me, it never feels out of place. It feels like it is going to head to that. But after this, to make it even more fucked up, his girlfriend comes round with a kid. I was just going to say. With a child. I was going to yeah. say, if we were, I was going to open it up like it. Let's run in the council estate stereotypes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So <laughs> she may as well have she may as well have been. Again, that just reminds you of like the, the how adolescent they are. Obviously the girls I, I think the girls are a lot younger than the boys. Yes. The girls are like they're probably like 13, 14. Yeah. But they're fucking mental. Especially the the one who goes out with Beth. Jenny yeah. Jacks, Jenny Jakes, whatever she's called. Seen in a few things. She's a bit hit and miss. Um, but she is like she's she could be really good or she like in this I felt like she were a bit crazy but a bit parody crazy. Um, in what sense? What are you referring to? Then? Like when she goes mad because she finds out there's a woman in the house, like just a woman in the house. Mm, yeah, I get. It's yeah. like it's a bit over the top. Love, chill out. Okay. Like, but she yeah, is mental. Yeah. Like she's like when she brings the axe and like she's like I know what he's gonna do with it. And she's so, like, excited that he's going to hurt somebody. It's a game to like him. Her. It's a game. Yeah, because the children. Yeah, because they're kids. They stay with them a bit longer until eventually uh, Sebastian does come home. He's not a cat, I'd like to point out as well. <laughs> he's not a cat. <laughs> um, you, don't, you don't see Sebastian come in, you hear it, and it is blood-curdling. I can, I'm not a parent... But as a parent, could you imagine that happening? It's terrifying. This is my favourite part of the movie. Yeah. Like, I'm, I think off-screen action sometimes is just used because, like, they've not got a budget or, you know, to show, like, the violence and stuff or mm. because they want in a certain rating or want to get it past, like, censorship. Um, and I don't always think it's effective. But in this instance, I think it's it's yeah, the strongest it scene so, yeah. in the film. The everything that's going on upstairs, and again, you hear like the girls going, "Yeah, go on, do yeah, it!" Yeah, so excited, yeah, like, laughing, like, yeah, laughing with and it, laughing, and you're yeah. like, and because we we have to use his head, so we know he's took a like axe. A, an axe or whatever hatchet, whatever they are upstairs, mm-hmm. and yeah, and just the dad's like. Torment. Well, the, the dad eventually does get free. He manages to get free and um, unties his wife, who's fully naked. So any implication as to what we're going on, you you know exactly what's going on. It's horrible. And then 
makes his way upstairs with oh gosh, what does he come up with? What's the weapon? Um, it's a candle. Can- a candlestick, yeah. So gets upstairs, see one, sees one of the girls, and goes for her. She misses, gets hold of Jermaine, and basically be- beats Jermaine to death. Yay! Of what? I mean, yay! But again, just a kid, and he's beating a kid to death with a candlestick. But he didn't know what to do at this point. You know, his son's been is cut yeah. within an inch of his life. His wife's been raped, so of course she's just going to snap. And it's the it's when. All that's gone off and you see the mom come in and she goes to Sebastian and he is just cut up. He is just covered in blood. And again, I know you're saying keeping stuff off camera, seeing it, it really shocks me. I'm like, oh. But that's it. We see the aftermath. Yeah. You know, the action, yeah. Uh, which, you know, it's probably easier to do the you aftermath. You imagine what they've been doing. It's, oh, yeah. God, yeah. Um, and then I get mad at this point because that dad's, Gone into the room, untight woman so she can get safe. He's gone upstairs, he's rescued his son, he's killed the guy who's uh, him. And then she turns around going, do something! It's like, you do something, woman. <laughs> you do something. You know what's just happened to her, right? So what's just happened to him as well? He's been tortured. Obviously, yeah, we, we assume she's been raped because it's indicated. She has. <laughs> but, no, but it's just the way that she, she can't even, like, that man's done... He's rescued her child, and she's still not happy with it. Just touching on that and just to go back, I totally forgot to mention the point um, that Rian just totally walks around their house with no pants on, and that's rude. That's just... It is. Be fair, he's just raped up. I know, I know, but it's just the brazenness of it. It's It's not the biggest phone power he's dropped that day, to be fair. He's he's arrogant, isn't he? Yeah, that's yeah. that's the thing. But yeah, yeah. so he um, so I, I understand you're getting mad at her, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have some sympathy there and say she's been through a lot too, and people react differently. I get no, I do get that. I'm not I'm not a horrible person. Oh, Please still vote for that. <laughs> but um, I just feel like it just she just it's just I just felt like oh my god, like this he's a, he's a bit traumatized himself. Like let's not be. Let's not be too harsh with him. Yeah, he's just killed someone. Yeah. He's just killed someone to save yeah. his child. But she's also watching her son die in front of her. True. That's so. true. I'll tell you what I think's funny. The I love how you find humour in these. The, like, it's the way she rags. So she looks at Sebastian, she pulls him away, and then she pulls him back in with such force. I was like, man, like you're not supposed to move someone who's injured. And you're like ragging him around. She's panicking. She hasn't yeah. followed any of the steps. She's not looked around to see if there's any danger still. <laughs> so then uh, Mike goes downstairs. He calls an ambulance as you would. Yeah, he, he makes quite an unconvincing phone call. Um, He's making a panicked phone call. It's quite unconvincing. It's not unconvincing. It You're wrong. So he makes the, he makes the phone call and then he goes into the kitchen to be sick as you would because you you're full of adrenaline and you you know your body's not coping with it. Hears a noise, turns around, and the little kid's there. You're like shit. No, I remember when I first saw this. When that little kid were there, again a bit of a oh, what's going to happen now? Gasp. But this time I was just like. All right, like they've left kid behind. Yeah, because ne- but first the kid time hasn't I- anything. No, but, yeah, like, but he, yeah. there's never any indication that he had a personality where he's going to snap and stab the kid. kid. Yeah, he so, just killed someone. Yeah, you know who was attacking his son. Yeah, he's not showing. No, but that's any- it. Eye yeah. for an eye. 
No, he's, yeah, but they've given no indication that whatsoever for the rest of the public. But, he did, but you don't know if he does do that because it doesn't show you. No, it then cuts but to that's the end. what I mean. Like when I first saw the film, my initial reaction was, "What is he going to do to that kid? Is he going to get revenge on them?" But this time, I was just like, "Oh, he's going to have to open the door, let oh. him out." I just want to pick up one more thing. Now, for me, pick apart one more thing. No, no, mean. no, no. Yeah. I, like this is a genuine thing. This for me, this was. It's probably the worst thing in the movie. I don't understand it. It gets me angry, and it will get me angry every time I see it. Okay. They're eating pie and broccoli with no gravy. <laughs> There's no gravy on there. They're down south, they don't do gravy. How do you not have gravy? They don't on do gravy. Pie? Tell them, tell them, Chris. You have gravy. You don't on do pie, gravy. Right? We have we have pie and mash. No, we you do, don't. You have that. What is it? What's it called? Liquor. liquor. We have liquor. Oh, whatever. Liquor's alcohol, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, literally. The I'm first, not ignorant you know, of other cultures. <laughs> the very first time she put them plates, and I'm like, "Where's the gravy?" And then it shows me them plates several times throughout the film. Maybe I'm just like, I'm getting more and more angry and frustrated by the maybe, fight. Maybe after years and years of dry food, he snapped and he did stab the kid to death at the end. <laughs> maybe. I, I know it's not on the subject, but I do feel your pain about the mistreatment of food in film. We watched Judy. And what what was she what was she eating that really wound me up? I can't remember. Sorry. Oh, you told me this. I as did, well. and it really really wound me up. I was like, that is disgraceful. What you're doing there? A crumpet. A crumpet. She was eating a crumpet with a knife and fork. I was like, woman, what are you doing? She's off her tits. That woman is off her tits. Well, she was. But yeah, so I cherry uh, tree lid. It's good. I think it's it's a decent flick. It's, it's a brilliant flick. Yeah, it's got some strong moments. It's got some weak moments. I, I think when it's weak, it's weak. I'm going to conclude this one because I'm going to push for mine because I don't think I've pushed for mine. Cherry Tree Lane is brutal. It's realistic and it could potentially happen to any of us. I think more so than kidnapped. We haven't got a lot of money. You know, who's going to come for us because of money. Cherry Tree Lane comes because of who you know and I think if you are in a suburban area... Who have you grasped on? Yeah. <laughs> Has witness <laughs> protection. Um, so yeah, I do think out of the th- out of the four films, I think Cherry Tree Lane is the most realistic, and that's why this week I think you should vote for Cherry Tree Lane. Right. So my pick for our home invasion episode is the absolute spectacular Riotous You're Next from Adam Wingard. You will know him as director of The Guest and Death Note, amongst others, and this was written by Simon Barrett. Mm. So the reason why You're Next is dear to my heart and the reason that the voters this week should side with me again, one one already, just Oh, come on. They should side with me again, is, to be honest... I'm a man who doesn't really care for home invasion genre. I don't I don't love the things that other people love. I don't like the fact that, oh, it's so gritty and nasty and real. No, do you know what? I live in a shithole. It's absolutely... <laughs> Excuse me? Fee never cleans. How dare? Not, not the house. I live, <laughs> I, live in a, I live in a big city. I know that... There are very nasty, horrible people out there 
and I don't need to see that or just ridiculously depressing violence. If you're going to have a home invasion, why not make it fun? Like it used to be back in the old days. Yay, torture! Exactly. And your next is nothing if not over-the-top, spectacular fun. So, from start to finish, there's nothing that isn't great about this. So, we're going to go through it. We'll break through. I'm sure you've got some initial comments. I wish people comments. could see yeah. then. Oh, one thing, one thing. No, any initial comments you want to make before we start breaking into the film? I, I will say that your next is fantastic. I love your next. I can't count the amount of times <laughs> I've watched it. It's got an amazing cast. You've got Shani Vincent, uh, Nicholas Tuche, AJ Bowen. We love AJ Bowen. Joe Swanberg, Barbara Crampton, Amy Simetz. Is that how you pronounce it? Simetz. I love her anyway. However you pronounce it, I love her. Um, Larry Fessenden and Ty West. Oh, and Simon Barrett as well. But Ty West as well, which is, yeah. I already said as well. Don't know why I say it twice. Did you say Ty West? I, I think I did say Ty West. Did I say Ty West? Ty West is in House of the Devil, Ty West. Did I mention Ty West? Is uh, um, I mean, I will just... I would just like to start off by saying that I will give you my opinions as we move along. Okay. Okay, so let's break in the, a quick overview of the plot before we plough head into the film. So, Erin, we're introduced to... Fairly near the start, we've got a scene before, but we'll touch on that in a minute. Erin is coming home, or to Crispin's family home, or retreating the country anyway that they ha- have. So they go in there. It's Crispin's parents' wedding anniversary, so the whole family are reuniting at the big house. Bit of a get-together, have dinner. However, dinner goes very, very, very wrong, unfortunately. <laughs> I've had a few bad dinner parties, but nothing in... <laughs> This league, we have three mass men wreak havoc on the family for reasons hidden till partway through the film. So the, the opening scene is obviously we are um, we we cut to where Laurie Fessenden is at home with his girlfriend, and uh, they've done whatever they've been doing with your chubby girlfriend. Just we know that they've just been banging, carnal. and uh, she comes downstairs, and. Um, I don't know if we see her get killed. She's the we first victim, we, but yeah, I don't think we see yeah, her get she's, killed. Yeah, she's an off-screen. Yeah. Off-screener. She's off-screen because good old, good old Larry comes looking, comes down looking for her because obviously he's a, he's a man. He's got Viagra. He want, he's, ready for <laughs> round, he's ready for round two. <laughs> so Larry comes down, Larry comes down looking for her. Outside, she's dead. Typical. And then we have the first great shot where we have your necks written in blood across the patio doors. That's going to fucking take forever to get off. Larry turns around, attacked by the throat to the patio doors. Big slash. We see a nice full blood splatter against the doors. It's a very light coloured blood, almost orange I think that's because of the light in the... Right. Of all the things we're going to pick apart, I don't think the blood... It's a nice 80s blood splatter effect going across. Why, why, why are you looking at me so? I'm glad you've just said that, yeah. It is, it is, very, it is a very 80s kind of blood colour as well. Mm. So that happens, and we cut uh, Crispin and Erin in the car on the way to the family place mm. in the country. 
again with as we've had with as we've had with the first two picks, the relationship building between the characters, both here and when the family start rocking back up at the house, is really really well done. I'd, I'd say the thing that you find with your next more than the others is, and, and, and it's not the cast because I love the cast. I'm talking about the characters. The characters are genuinely like, gen- sorry, not genuinely, generally shitty people. Yes, they're quite shitty to each yes, other. Yes, it's, it's played brilliantly for laughs, though. That's why they're shitty characters. So you can pair these. Is this going to be them demand where we say yes, but it's for laughs? <laughs> Positive spin. Um, I, did we not start like mid? Barbara and the dad driving up to the the summer house. Yeah, and they're cleaning they're cleaning up, and they hear a noise from upstairs. Yeah, but, you but know, that's at the same time that right. Crispin and Aaron are coming as well. I think the funny part is when they get to the house, and he goes, "That's funny, it's unlocked." And then he opens it up, what? takes one step inside, and goes, "Doesn't look like anybody's been here." I'm like, "How do you know? You've looked nowhere." <laughs> Nowhere at all. Yeah, there there are some assumptions taken, unfortunately, with some of the uh, facts. Go turn around and go. Yeah, the cleaners must have been here. Yes, because they do often wander out, wander wander out, leaving the house unlocked. I suppose though, that... and not cleaning. It says a build. I think he's having the house renovated, didn't he? Yeah. So yeah. That might be a red herring for. I've never thought of this before. That might be a red herring for what's to come. What? In terms of you wondering who the invaders are. Maybe they're trying to get with, with the way he so freely walks in the house and so confidently. Maybe you could it could be said that they were trying to put him in the frame as if he had something to do with it. Maybe bit of a stretch. I mean, it, it would be a retrospective, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, obviously. But then everything is I'm knowing what you know halfway through the film. No, I don't, that's I don't think it, I don't think it would work with that though, because you know, I think you know already through, through the film what happens. And that already has happened at that point. I don't think you'd let him go back and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I could have suspected the dad was part of it. Yeah, it, but no, yeah, it, it, if it were, like, I get what you're saying, like, if if it was wrote that the dad was going to be one of the the characters, something like that would be, would make sense. Yeah. So it makes more sense if it was put there to try and make you think rather than that was a genuine assumption that the dad character made that by walking one tiny bit into the house he knows nobody's been in the entire house and let's be honest that house is massive it's huge it is massive but anyway so we get everyone there in the house so we've got Crispin and Erin Erin who's completely they completely went out of my head there badass Erin yeah and a badass Erin Drake and Kelly so Crispin's older brother Mm -hmm. and then we also have Felix and Amy and Z and Tarek Tarek Mm -hmm. played by your friend and ours. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Oh, oh, white test. Oh. Yeah, it's white test. White test. Do you know when we first meet Z? This is another one of the things. Things, little things like this bugma. So it's the very first time she's meant to have met his family. A very important thing. And she's such a, a cow. She's a bitch. Well, I was trying to not say that. She's but a bitch. She is. Yeah. She's just like mm, whatever. And that, that's one of them. Whereas Erin's the total mm. opposite and she's totally loving and she wants to help and she wants to fit in and she loves, even even though they're all being really crappy to each other, she still loves that family dynamic because that's not something she had as a kid. Exactly. She had she... a dad take her off in the, well, we'll find that out. See, good writing. First of all, second day 
Uh. And they've run out of milk. How unprepared. She said she forgot to get milk. She says, I've run out of milk. I thought she said, I forgot no. to get milk. She says, actually, I've run out of milk. I thought she said, actually, I forgot to get milk. How do you forget milk? Still, forgot or run out. How do you forget How milk? Unprepared. We, we clearly know she has issues from the opening. Yeah, she's clearly not, not all there. There's something wrong. She's got anxiety or depression or something oh, like I'm that. I'm just not buying it. Forgot, remembered everything else, but not milk. It happens. Now she's going to have a cup of tea. They don't do that in America. Well, they don't, tea, they don't drink tea. They do, no, they drink tea, but I don't think they have it with milk, do they? I just didn't buy that. I just don't buy that. It felt like a, just a, a way to try and build a tension moment of, <gasps> she's going to the house. I, I think... What's your other problem with it? Or is that just your only problem mean, with the timeline? That's my problem with that. No, the timeline, I, it comes up later on. Okay. So she goes to, she goes to Larry Fessenden's house because he's the closest neighbour... Knocks and no one's home. So he comes back. As you, he hears as you all would. the music. But he hears the music, yeah. Yeah. We have that interplay between them when they get back around the house. And then we go to the first main event, the dinner party in yes. the dinner party in the evening. The grand party. The grand party. Where everyone is still acting massively shitty to yeah, each other. Yeah. Poor old Tariq is uh well he's he's a douche anyway, because he comes it's, across It's Joe Swanberg's character in this and that Joe I love Swanberg the most. is yeah. such a knobhead. I love it. <laughs> I th- I don't man. think Tariq is a douche. I think Tariq's just a bit like Arter and he's taking the complete piss out of him. Yeah, that's what I mean, Joe Swanberg. Yeah. Well what's sorry, what's his character called, Joe Swanberg? Drake. Drake is clearly taking the piss out of him. Is it? Why do you think they're so condescending towards him? I don't think they like out. It, from what I'm gathering from them, they don't really tend to like outsiders. No, but they take Erin they they take take into Erin. Oh, no, no, but he was still pushing it with Erin, saying, oh, well, you were a student and stuff. Like, he's still yeah, pushing that. Would, that would digging at his brother, though. Mm, yeah, but he's still affected. He didn't have a problem with, like... Mm. Well, that's the thing, because he's, he's not having to go at Terry himself. It's his sister. He's having... He's wind, oh, yeah, it's his sister who's winding up yeah, by yeah. having... Having a pop out. It's just that we clearly we, we I think we can guess there's a reason they haven't seen each other in quite a while. Yeah. I mean I I like that relationship between it's um, natural. Crispin and, and Drake, is it? Yeah. 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 I like that kind of brothers like rivalry. Ra- yeah, sibling rivalry that like just taken too far. But anyway, I do like that relationship. Yeah. And I do think he's a douche who likes to push everyone's buttons. Mm-hmm. So Tariq gets up, middle of the meal, as you do, start wandering to a window, crossbow bolt through the head. Bam! We are off and running. I do think this is like like when chaos ensues in this, it's great. Like yeah. I love everyone is just again so screamy and Yeah. <laughs> Not just... Headless chickens. Yeah. It's Jango a weird crew. choice it's a weird choice of weaponry. That's the only thing I find with it. In some, I understand. Obviously, you don't want rifle. You don't want to use rifles. Did, did, but you're in somewhere where the nearest neighbour is miles, a couple of miles down the road. I think there's more precision can... with Borinawa. I think they'll go further as well. I quite like the choice. I think it's a different choice. I like, like a crossbow. crossbow. I think I'd be more scared if someone pulled a crossbow out on me. Yeah. I th- I imagine it, it's going to hurt more as well. This is where we see Erin first. Step up and show that there's more than meets the eye to her. As she is the one who organises and gets them out the room. She's the one who goes, yep, yeah, chair in front, go one by one or two by two. 
This is when you realise that Erin is not meek. She's not mild. No, she is not. She is a badass. There is some. There is something more to this woman. And poor Drake gets a crossbow bolt in the back. Oh yeah. Well, he weren't winding up his brothers and sister. So I do think the effects look quite good. Like, yeah. With the, with the crossbow, I think like especially Tariq's eye, um, and then in the back, I think again strong effects, strong makeup makes it gives it that. A little bit of a yeah, yeah. We find out at this point signals blocked for the cell phones again, indicating that there's some kind of a special forces, clearly high tech outfit behind this rather than just a random killing. I, li- I like how Felix throws an explanation out straight away for that. Yes, oh, maybe they bought a blocker. <laughs> oh, how, how did you know that? That's because Drake said, you you're always in the, you're always in the sketchy. Shit. <laughs> Oh, do you know, just hearing about this film, I want to go watch it right now. Even when Drake's even when Drake's been hit with a crossbow, he's still slagging off his brother. <laughs> That's what I love. There's still like bickering like about who's the fastest yeah. and stuff. You're like, come on. Well we it's find, brilliant. We find out that apparently Amy Amy is the uh the fastest. Oh Amy. Oh my god. <laughs> is it? Poor, poor, poor Amy. nobody ever believe in me. Oh Amy. You will rule the day you said that, Amy. Oh, well, we have one woman who is clearly strong. We have another woman who has been fucking cut to pieces as she gets grotted, throat high wire across the door. It's absolutely brilliant. You never see it coming. I didn't see it coming the first time I watched it. And it's honestly, for me, one of the best kills in any horror film I've ever seen. Really? It is... Yeah, because again, I didn't see it coming, and I remember sitting there watching it in the cinema with everyone at Fright Fest. And when she bombs into that wire, everyone just went, "Oh!" <laughs> and I, I didn't know there was going to be a wire there. I thought she might have gone out and got shot, but I think it, it was just so unfair. She just wa- She was actually she a nice person. Yeah, she, she just wanted the to only help. One. Yeah, and she um, only wanted to be rec- like a bit like to be recognised and accepted. Yeah, I thought they did a dirty, um, they did a proper dirty. I did see it coming because it to me it felt like the most obvious choice. Yeah, to have someone run at full speed out, yeah, it felt like the most obvious death way to die. I mean, well, well done for recognising it. I just personally didn't. No, see I mean, it. I, I I really didn't. I didn't see it coming. And, it's, and it is the best death in the film as well for me. And again, with the level, as you're saying, with the effects, with the crossbow in the head and the crossbow in the back, again, looks absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it does look good. Bless her, she's, uh, unfortunately, she's toast at this point. And when she comes back in, she's bleeding out, and that's when Barbara Crampton just goes into... Sorry, I should be using proper names. Aubrey, here, so Aubrey, Aubrey That's out. when Aubrey goes into meltdown and just... So Paul, Greaves. yeah. So we get her taken upstairs and left on her own, which is. <laughs> I, 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 I love the film in the grand scheme of logic. That is not the uh, not the way to go. Yeah, but at this point, they're they're they believe they're, they're aware is that they're yeah. the imminent danger is outside the doors. Yeah, the front doors. You probably still wouldn't leave someone on their own, which is best evidenced by the fact that he slides out from under the bed and kills her. Yes, he does. So that is and it, that is unfortunate. That is an unfortunate, unfortunate decision. And also, the um, a husband at the time, the dad. Yeah, he's just gone. No, no, just get some rest and lay there and left the room. Which again, if you were thinking 
he was part of it in any way. That mm. would be the perfect way to. I love how you're creating this secondary. No, no, I'm just saying. Storyline. Could it? Because if if I if I just been through all that, I wouldn't expect someone to take me upstairs and leave me on my own, regardless of whether you think someone's in the no, house. You, you, you wouldn't stay together. To stay with so you. him maybe taking her upstairs and going, "I oh, don't worry, just stay there," sort of thing. That, there's there's a whole recut somewhere there that you're gonna do at some point. Again, we find your next written again on the uh, the wall there. We do. Now, I've got to say this, right? She screams, they run upstairs. There's not a lot of time that's gone past from them running up the stairs to get into that room for him to have killed the woman, wrote your next and got himself hidden. I just feel like it was very quick. To be fair, they're under, under attack at this point. I'm not sure why he feels the need to leave that message. And who's next? Just anyone who walks in. Doesn't really matter, does it? Um, see what I like now, and this is where I think it's even funnier. She's dead. Everybody leaves the room except for Keller, who stays behind. Yeah. Which one's Kelly? Kelly's the wife of um, Drake. Oh. Actually, I like this moment because it, take, it takes Kelly from being a complete bitch, which I thought she were, to actually being someone who does genuinely care about yeah, the family. Yeah. I thought she were in it for the money. Right. But what's funny is, Bob Crampton has just been murdered in that room. She stays. They all go back downstairs and leave her on her own in a room where someone's just been murdered. Yeah. Now that's a silly choice. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit like... Mm. There, are, there are no real good choices, but that's, well, that's what makes it fun. But yeah, I think that's kind of good. And then yeah. what happens? Well, she goes... Well, she legs she legs it. She shows she is a good she is a good runner. Well yeah. she does she looks under the bed, don't she? She finds she and finds him and the, legs yeah, it. Yeah, and legs it. Is this the point where um Drake as well goes after her to stop her and he gets his, <laughs> gets his... bow caught yeah. on the wire? Oh, I love that bit. Kelly disappears off to the uh, off to the neighbouring home. We find out shock is to the uh, the murder couple at the start there. Poor old Larry Fessenden. The nice, sweet lamb. Yes. Has just chucked Kelly through a window. Yeah. This is my favourite death. Oh, all right. The way he kind of, she's on the floor and he gets his axe and it's like he's playing golf and then swings it and gets it's it into her head. It's like it's stuck. <laughs> and then he can't get it out. And then the way he kind of like leaves it, so it's like, so he's like, what do I do now then? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> While Larry Fessenden's rotting body is sat next to him. That's my favourite death yeah. in the film. Go on, it's Kelly. It's a good death. It's a good death. It is a great death. So, Mr. AJ Bowen, young Crispin. Woo! Crispin then attempts to leave and drive away and then find out the car wiring has been tampered with. So, <gasps> he pops back to the house, as you would do, and decides to make a break for it to try to attract help. So, he disappears... Just before his missus is attacked by Tiger, unfortunately. Again, bad timing. During that, though, we've got Z, we've got Z and uh, a half standing there watching. No no attempt to help no. whatsoever. wonder if that will also uh, play into the plot. We'll find out in about five seconds. Because after this happened, they wander upstairs to check on Paul and see how the dad's uh, getting on. Poor Paul. Poor Paul, because... He gets the uh, chop at this point. He does. But Paul, so this is the timeline 
thing. Yeah. Paul has a line which says, um, and he finds that he goes in the wardrobe and finds the sweet wrappers and the piss bottle and stuff. Yeah. And he goes, they've been watching us for days. How long have they been there again, Chris? Two days. Two days. Two days. Days. Yeah, Watching us is... sleep. It's one day. They, Two they, days. They would have been watching days. us for one day. They've been day. there from the morning to the evening. Yeah, but you say they've been watching us for... They've been there two days, so yeah, they've days. They've been watching it's us not for two, days. It's not two days, it's they've days. They've been watching them for one day. Two days. And then attacked. Days. Two days. Anyway, that small... Small. Small issue. Massive timeline. That tiny, breach. tiny little issue of that. As I say, Paul unfortunately cops it at this point. So we find out here that Z and the other half, Felix, Felix, thank you, have been in on it all along. The bastards. The bastards. Who would have guessed? Well, we all thought it was dad. Joking, yeah, you did. Yeah, joking, we, yeah, we had the alternative version with the dad. Uh, yeah. Dad being there. It turns out dad's just retired from the defence contractor. And he's going to get a massive, massive pension payout that they are very keen on taking a slice of. We then go back downstairs and Erin is asking if the dad's okay. Obviously, Felix and Z killed him. They didn't kill him, but they stood there whilst one of the animals, we'll call them, whilst one of the animals killed him. Um, And she then begins to... Stop. She then advises setting traps. Yes. Stop people coming Nancy in. Nancy Thompson. She does full Nancy yeah. Thompson. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Z asks her, why are you so good at this anyway? And it's at this point we find out she was actually brought up in a survival... Well, she spent a good number of years... 16 in, years. In a survivalist survival. oh, camp. How well, she left, she left when she was 16. So. Yeah. So, badass Erin, in taking none of your shit, she knows, she knows what to do to keep you out. And, uh, yeah, they start laying down traps and uh, it becomes a survival. Yeah, so, yeah, so skipping ahead a little bit because we don't want to we don't want to drag on plot point point by point for everything here. Drake, unfortunately, is the next one to cop it. Who would have thought Drake slagging off your uh, your brothers and sisters would get any vengeance, any vengeance I, I love this on bit. him? I love it, this bit. <laughs> Why don't you just die? <laughs> Again, just how selfishly are. This is really hard for me already. I <laughs> do fair. I imagine if you stab someone, I don't think they just drop dead immediately. I imagine there is a lot yeah, of effort into it. It's the way he kind of like picks up just random tools. It's like, starts, yep, yeah, going yep, yep. I believe at that point it's pretty much just Erin, yeah, Felix and Z. Yeah, so well, Erin goes upstairs, gets attacked, dives through the, uh, dives through the window to try to escape there. Mm-hmm. Comes back, comes back to the house where she does kill one of the other three. Oh yeah, she so does, this yeah. is this is the third of the other one's disposable. It was a it's a very similar death to the first one. This is the only one that actually breaks the mold out the three uh, the three special forces guys. This is the film with the most deaths in out of any of ours. Obviously, there's only what four in yours, four in kidnapped, maybe one in Cherry Tree Lane. Two, sorry, it's two. Five in kidnapped, including one at Baddest. Yeah, five. <coughs> Cherry Tree Lane is two. A lot of deaths. Your next is a great we're in we're in double figures, I think, yeah. by the time we end we end the film. Z and Felix, those two clear clearly competent murderers, go, no, we'll we'll kill her. We'll, we'll kill Aaron. Why are people trying to kill Erin? Because 
she she's will spoiling, kill them. She's spoiling everything. She's ruining it. If she kills... Mind you, yeah, if she kills the killers, they get all the money. It doesn't matter. So why are they trying to kill Eric? She is, at this point, she has overheard them talking about the fact that... Yes, the plot. Yeah, she has. Even before that, so even before she overheard them, when she was hammering nails into the wood, Z was going to whack her up back at Ed, but she turned around. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, so I'm going to skim over that. Because that might just ruin the plot on what AJ says. It, 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 might, it might just ruin what is possibly one of my favourite films of all time. <laughs> so let's just not go there. This is us all over again. When, you're not doing this to me. So. It's just a question. I just don't get why they want to kill her. I don't understand. I, I honestly because don't Because she's meant to be I, a witness. Because, yeah, she could. So, yeah, yeah, I get it now. But, they, like, because she's overheard that they've done it. But before that, they made an attempt as yeah. well. And the whole thing, they've been trying to kill her. Yeah. What comes next is probably my only gripe with the film. I hate this death with all my heart because it just wouldn't happen. Um, it's with Felix. It is with Felix, yeah. And to try and escape from the clutches of Felix and Z, Erin gets a blender and smashes the glass on it and then puts a blender in his head and then that blender... Goes into his head and kills him. It it wouldn't happen. It just wouldn't. It'd stop. The program to stop when it can't go any further. When it meets resistance. It, yes, it's, it's not. Or hard oh, resistance. Yeah, but yeah. rules are different in America, aren't they? You don't have the, you don't have the same consumer <laughs> protect. Oh health, and sa- health and safety is all it is over here. No, it's not though. So, it wouldn't happen. Um, it, and it's, it's the only thing that's ever took me out of the film. Unbelievable as well. yeah. part of the film. Yeah. In a film that's full of things that are unbelievable, yeah. it is the most unbelievable. It's probably, it's probably the most slapstick, over the top yeah. moment of the film. What I do like, though, is the fact that when she kills um, Z, she stabs her square on straight into her head. Skull, yeah. So she like kills both of them in a similar way. Like, yes. Yeah. I'm going to top your skull off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's quite nice because. You know, they were lovers. So, oh, we missed the best part of the film! <laughs> I know what you're The so very best part of the film! Which is... Next to your dead yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Oh, sorry. And he's like, um, I don't... I, I, I don't, don't really want it. No. I don't yeah. really feel in the mood right now. Can't believe you won't fuck me next to your dead mum. <laughs> That's the best part of the film. Sorry, just saying. It's, it's a really Well, I'm, I'm glad you highlighted it before we got to the end. So <laughs> it needed saying. It needed saying. So you may be asking, where's where's Crispin? Hmm, where where is he, he at this time? Well, we find out when he calls, just because he can't take the wait any longer, that he indeed is also included in this nefarious scheme. What a beautiful shocking, bastard. shocking. I do think the way she finds out is a little again unbelievable with the phone call. And the fact that he just, he phones his brother's mobile. Yeah. And she answers and he just speaks and he doesn't shut up. And he keeps saying, Felix, Felix, are you there? I know I should have done this. Felix, Felix. He's like, he's clear, shut up. He's clearly, clearly just nervous and rambling. Yeah. So. And fit. He, he's, <laughs> there you go. There's your reasoning. <laughs> you can kill me any day if I am Sorry. Oh, anyway. Man. So, so we get, we get back in the house. Trying to convince Erin that they can just split the money, they can just take the money and run. She doesn't have to go back to the bartender job. She can go and study. 
And she responds via stabbing in the throat. Of course she fucking does, because she's a badass. And she is a badass. She's uh, taking none of his shit. Oh, does she give one of them answers as well? And he goes, why? Why, why not? not? Yeah. Why Which, the fuck not? Why the fuck why not? Why the fuck not? In an American, Australian Australia. accent. Be fair, just, she is Australian. Nah, yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> be fair, just be glad she didn't say you're next. So, that would have been quite <laughs> yeah. And then, our final, completely over the top. It's not over the top. It's a homage to Night of the Living yeah, Dead, actually. Is. Thank you. Is it? Yeah. Yes, she, oh, police officer comes no, in and shoots that's, her. That's not the bit I was referring to, but yes, she did get shot in the homage to that. Yeah. It's the trap she has set up earlier with the axe hanging from the front door. The Nancy Thompson trap. The Nancy yeah. Thompson trap. So the poor, poor police officer who looks... <laughs> be fair, he gives one of the best performances for a man who generally... Yeah. What the fuck has happened here? <laughs> he does. He does. Opens the door and we see the axe swing and bam, cut the credits. And that Ending is... Ending with a bang. Ending with a bang. That is your next... For anyone who's just listened to that, you will hear while while my co-host may have been slagging parts of it, you can hear the sheer excitement and enjoyment for the whole discussion. And that is why your next should win. And uh, we will move on because we didn't take rebuttals for any of the first two films as to why that shouldn't win. Okay, so now that uh, brings us to the viewer's choice. So, put us vote out, as we said, and the overwhelming kind of win was for the 2016 Mike Flanagan movie, Hush. Mm. Um, Good film. So we got that through. We did get, you know, we asked for feedback on why people picked it. So we did get Adrian Paul, one of the people who mentioned this, who just put, Hush is just the best. Uh, by the end of the movie, I was on the edge of my seat, rooting for her. Unlike unlike most horrors, where I end up rooting for the villain, which is a good point. A lot of the time, I think we do end up rooting for villains in horrors. So mm. I get that. I get that, Adrian Paul, and I hope you're listening to this. Big up, Adrian. <laughs> um, Big one up, Adrian. <laughs> Big one up. <laughs> so yeah, so hush. Then it's the story of Madison. Madison's an author who, at the age of thirteen, lost her hearing and speech through meningitis. Uh, she lives and works in a cottage or like a like a um, cabin. house in the middle of a cabin, yeah. Like a cabin in the middle of the woods. Um, <laughs> a cabin a cabin in the middle <laughs> of the woods. <laughs> yeah, so she, she works in a cabin um, and she's currently working on her latest book. Um, she's quite isolated. She seems to just have like the one neighbour which is uh, who seems to be like possibly her best friend which is Sarah and Sarah's boyfriend, John. Not just Sarah, Sarah Green. Not to be confused <laughs> with Ghostwatch Sarah Green. Not to be confused. No. Yeah, Hush, again, uh, starts off nice. We, we get introduced to Maddie. We get introduced to Sarah. Um, we get repeatedly told that um, Maddie can't speak or hear um, <laughs> to the point where we even see it on the blurb of the book after we've been, <laughs> yeah. been established a few times. <laughs> just so we know. <laughs> Um, I didn't she's think working on a book and um, this one's a little different actually because there's no like there's no reason behind start. no so we get it's hit we get hit by some crazy man who kills Sarah and 
stalks Maddie, knowing that she's deaf and taking full advantage of that. This this film could have gone so many ways with its subject because I, I know that um, we were saying, Chris and I were saying before it came out, that it would have been really cool if this film had have been played in total silence. So you would just... Or, or just muffled. from her perspective. Yeah, just from her perspective. I, 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 I would have liked it to be that. But like we were saying when we watched it again, it does work. Yeah. It works well. See, I thought... So when, when, when the film first starts and she's cooking dinner, I, I really like the fact, like, the, the emphasis on all of the sounds. Mm. So, like, you hear everything, like, the griddle, like, every sound's, like, amplified. Yeah. And then they kind of, like, when it focuses in on her and everything goes muffled, and that's your first time you're told that she's got a hearing problem. <laughs> but first like, ready. Yeah. But, like, I, I liked that. Yeah. And then and then we, like, radiate. And we do... It just kind of... it If that was a consistent... Mm. then that might have been... I don't know whether I would have liked it or not, but it would have felt more consistent. It would have felt disorientating, I Possibly think. For, for us as well. Yeah. Like, but it weren't. It, like, I think it happened a couple of times. Yeah. Where it, it, it wasn't like a constant, like, weird kind of thing. But I did really enjoy it. And I thought, it like, when it started, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's quite... Quite good. We do. we do during this when you're saying about obviously the uh, the start and when we find out she's an orphanage she's a, she has. We also find out how she writes her books and how she comes up with the endings, which mm. gives way to the most frustrating yeah, love so, later yeah. on. But we'll yeah. we'll touch that when we get to that. So we meet Sarah for the first time when she kind of pops up at the Sarah's house. Sarah's lovely. Sarah's lovely. But these, Sarah wants to be a good friend. She does. Like Sarah's desperate to learn to sign, mm. and she'd rather sign than like supporting a friend by yeah. reading a book, giving a feedback. Lovely Sarah. She is lovely. Um, but yeah, we meet her briefly. She's all right. <laughs> she doesn't. No, she's she's fine. She does a decent job. Yeah. yeah. At, at being the friend, um, we do have a, a few things that bug us at this part. So as we said, Maddie's cooking. And she just walks out of the house and leaves yeah. everything on. She don't give no shits. Like, a death no or not, you know you shouldn't leave a yeah. stove unattended. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, and that's when she, she tells like Sarah that she hears voices in her head and it's the voice of her mother. And it's like it's constantly giving her alternate endings to every story that she writes. Yeah, like a, um, the, a, the, the outcomes yeah. of every scenario. So every scenario it runs yeah. through and tells her. And I guess that's kind of an interesting concept. And then, again, we discuss um, how she lost her hearing mm. um, before we see that blow. <laughs> Did you notice <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah. Like, yeah. we know already. And then goes the book, and I'm like, I know, she's yeah. deaf. I've got it. It's also, she, she has a nice uh, bit as yeah. well where she flashes by the book, so you see a Stephen King book on there as yeah. well, just to show, show her influences. And the corkscrew, so who knows if that's going to come in handy <laughs> yeah. yeah. later. <laughs> What's interesting is... The, obviously, she's left the cooker on and the fire alarm goes off. Um, fire alarm, that's what they call it, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, fire yeah. alarm goes off. And it's really, really loud. And she explains to... I'm signing this, and I don't know why. She exp- I can't actually sign. But she explains to Sarah that it has to be as loud as it is so that she can feel the vibrations. Yes. And you're like, cool, I get that. Like, that's how deaf people work. They feel vibrations. Um, but then... 
something got me. When Sarah goes home, she gets a text and her phone's in her back pocket. And she mm. takes the phone out and she reads this text. You're like, oh, cool, yeah, because of vibrations. Mm. And the phone vibrates when it rings. But then it, she gets a text about phones on the table and it doesn't vibrate. Oh. Okay. So how the fuck did she know that that phone had sent her a text message in her pocket? See, the whole vibration thing does my head in any way because obviously when we move on and she sat there working on a book, deliberating whether to contact her ex or not. Um, yes, John, you want yeah. to say something? I'm just going to say, is that before or after we see? Before. Because then she goes into the kitchen yeah. to throw away the food which really bugged me because she took the whole bin out rather than just taking it over to the bin but that's my gripe that's no keep going so you then have a turn around and you hear sarah smash up against the door covered in blood banging to be helped you would feel those vibrations she should feel them vibrations what i think is also funny about scene is while sarah's repeatedly banging on this window screaming for help we can see through the window yeah. at Madison, who's constantly just walking backwards and forwards from the sink to the cooker. I'm like, what is she doing? And just quickly... Get more than a handful! Just quickly touching upon that as well. That's another thing that... I, I do like the film, I'm going to say that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not tearing it to pieces. I think there were just little things in it that got to me a bit, and one of them is that she has no sense of awareness, and surely... Being deaf, because I, I mean, I'm not deaf, no. and I you can sense when someone's behind you, you can sense when, and it took the guy actually getting up close to her for her to even recognize he was there. Yeah, and she's been deaf since she's been 13. Yeah, so, so you're used to it you by would now. So. Yeah, I will say though, I do think, um, that scene where Sarah's banging on the window and he's like shoots her and comes up behind her, mm. I think that looks amazing. Yeah, and I, I do like. I, I obviously understand why they can't. She can't have felt the vibrations because that would have ruined the film well, from yeah. the get go. But I do think, like, I like that kind of idea of you're so close to safety or mm. being saved or being at least recognised, but it's, it's just out of reach. Sarah um, Michelle Gellar, Drew Barrymore. Yeah, it's yeah. just out of reach, and I do like that. Um, what I think is pretty brutal, especially considering this is just a fifteen. I think Hush mm. is when he stabs her. And he costed Mandaloza. Yes. And he stabs and stabs and stabs and stabs and stabs. And then he stops and she's slumped. And it's like he's looking through a window and he just goes, Do you know what? Fuck it. And gives one more jab. I'm like, that is that is intense. That's brutal. Um He's not a man to shy away from the gruesome yeah. shots though, Mr. Funny. No. He does he does love he does love a body horror kind of a shot. What do you do? Oculus? And also Gerald's Game. Oh, yeah, Gerald's Game. And that game. other one that we keep forgetting title for, but Under Tunnel. Oh, yeah, I which want to I call loved. Anguish, I really, it's not English, but I love that film. I can it. never remember the name of it. Um, so, yes, back to Hush. Yeah, so at this point, the killer, Skip Funk, he kills the power, as you would do, and also cuts the, slices the uh, tyres. He doesn't do that yet, because he does what I think is one of my favourite scenes in the film. So he realises she's deaf and he comes in the house and steals her phone. And takes the pictures. And he's taking pictures and then he sends the pictures to her on her Mac of her. And then, like, he cuts the power off. Yeah. And it's like, you know, he's told her, I'm here. And then <coughs> he cuts it. Because if the power would have gone, then she probably wouldn't have even realised. Yeah. So I think that, but again, I think that's one of my favourites. Because how scary is that? Yeah. 
Like if someone's sending you yeah. pictures of you from your own phone. I would freak, yes. Um, and to be fair, also, when they go face-to-face, because she writes on the w- window to say, basically, look, won't, I won't tell anyone. Not seeing your face. Didn't, I'm not, not seeing your face. Boyfriend's coming home. And then we know he's a psycho because he then just takes the mask off and goes, essentially goes, fuck it. You've seen I'm my gonna, face now. I'm going to kill you. doesn't yeah. matter anyway. Well, that's he pretty much says to you, he goes, I can come into this house at any time I want, but I'm going to touch you first th- until yeah. you want to die. This is the best thing about Hush for me is the fact that this guy has got no motive whatsoever. He just, he's a psycho. He just wants to kill. And you see it when you, when you see the crossbow later on, you see the etchings of how many people he's actually killed. He's just doing this for sport. Yeah. I mean, we assume that's what it is. I assume. Yeah, that's what well, it is. yeah. Um, I will say as well, just when she writes on the, you know, these little things that bug me. So she writes on the wall, I didn't see your face. Yeah. There's no fucking apostrophe. Oh. She's an author. Mate. You're an author. She's writing She's a little bit lipstick. <laughs> And in reverse, but I don't care. She said, <laughs> "You know, you know me. I'm the biggest stickler for this sort of thing, and I didn't. That didn't bother me. But no, I, I do like, like you said, that I don't give a fuck kind of moment when he yeah. takes his mask off. You're like, oh, you are fucked, girl. There are so many close calls in the film as well, like where she's trying to get in and like she's running back and he's running after her, and there's so many. Oh, just got the window closed just in yeah, time, and I mean, it, it does make me go. I mean, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I'd say we'll, we'll skip on ahead a little bit because there, there's a lot of same stuff kind of as we run through. She did, she gets takes, gets hit by the crossbow, mm. takes it, and it's that point when she's trying to get out of the building. So that's when we have a lot of these near, we have a lot of these near escapes and bits and pieces as she tries various ways to es- escape. Has she been hit by the crossbow when she leans out of the window to try and She's get trying to get the... Sarah, no. No, she goes... No, that's well right. after. Yeah. Oh. Basically, she goes up to the second floor, gets shot, attempts and then attempts to escape, but then she obviously crawls back, gets back in, and she's in the uh, she's in the bathroom. And then this is when her... Oh, sorry, or Sarah's other half comes wandering around trying to find where Sarah is. I love that little scene between those two. He's clearly sussed him and he's just trying to work out what to do. I don't like that scene. I love that scene. It feels, I, I, again, it doesn't make sense to me. He's got a weapon mm-hmm. and that man's distracted. Yeah. He could have just come round and come up behind him and stealthed him. I, he was he trying to do that no, until just Maddie. Round. Until Maddie. No, no, no. It, but like when he comes round as, with the light on saying, yeah. like, freeze, freeze, like get on the ground, whatever, I'm a cop. Like, he didn't need to do that. He could have just snuck around and stealthed him and killed him. Oh, yeah, okay. Could have, yeah. but then... I suppose you still want to be... You're relying on being able to just sneak around and kill him not, and him not seeing you and just running off or attacking. Well, I imagine that this guy's been doing this for quite a while, mm. like we said. So I imagine he's pretty adept at dealing with killing people. Maybe. But then again, he doesn't look like he's, he like he's going to kill him. It looks like he's just trying to get rid of him and just get him gone. At no point until... He actually, until John tries to cave his head in with a rock, does he actually even attack him? He could have, as you say, when he had the light in his face and he's there, he could have pulled a knife out and just stabbed him there. But he doesn't. They have a hole in the play, hole in the play first. Mm, I just, I just think that 
I don't think he'd let him walk away because he's seen his face. He's not just going to let him go home, is he? Then are we saying just this, the way the interplay with him is just his... It's like... His, he, his character and yeah. the fact he likes to play... Maybe, maybe he's like to kill women. But it's because he even says to him, he's like... He says, when he's like stabbed him or whatever, um, I didn't think I was going to be able to take you on because you're bigger than me. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, she fucked that up for you yeah. by getting your attention. And that's why I'm like, but why did you just show yourself? You could have. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of ways you could have got to him. We but are. What, well, he says there that he looked at his build and figured that he'd take him on. So even if he did run around and try and shank him or whatever, I think he was still worried that he was gonna re- he was gonna be able to somehow get him. I don't know. I don't know. But I do like that scene. I really do. It's like a it. great scene. It's my least favorite scene. I think. No, my second least favourite. Is this just going to be a thing where my favourite thing is your least favourite? Is that going to be... That's just life, isn't it? Um, but yeah, so we get rid of John. Um, and then Maddie's now at a position where she's... She All feels alone. like she's not going to be able to do this. He believes that she's making a run for it outside. But he grabs her and just stabs her. And it's then at this point, you realise it's a fake out. And she's literally just running through these scenarios in her head. So, again, with the she's deaf, she's mute, you now get, oh, my mind mm. goes through all these scenarios and now you see it acted out. And I, I'm not a big fan of this myself. I think that would just, it's kind of just a way to, like, do multiple deaths on screen, you know? Like, and to, pr- and to prove a point as well of who she is and yeah. how she operates. I forgot, so... We watched this again last night, mm-hmm. um, or something the night before we filmed this. And when when it did the whole scene of her running out and him jumping her and start smashing her head in, I complete, completely forgot that we're a fake heart. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is it. This is how it should end. And then it, you know, reminded me we're a fake heart. I would be like, mm, fake hearts are so, like, they're overdone nowadays. Yeah. I, like, they just feel like a, a cheap way of... Giving an audience kind of what it wants, but not they want the brute. They want the brutal, yeah. nihilistic ending, but they don't. Yeah, but they don't want to admit they don't want to admit they are that. So they they kind of giving that that audience who do want to see it get a bit rough what they want, but then they take it away from you. Yeah. So after she's run through all these scenarios, that's when we see the killer outside, and he's playing with her cat. And for a second, you think he's going to kill the cat and your heart sinks. But thankfully, bitch gets away. She's called bitch. I'm not calling her a bitch. And um, then she puts... Does she put a crossbow in him? She puts a crossbow in him. She does hit him in the shoulder she with a crossbow. She hits him to stop him from killing the cat. Yeah. And then um, another close call. She with runs the, in and she hand. drops the arrow. She goes to get it and he slams the door and breaks all yeah, the window. Yeah, he messes and that And then he up. stamps yeah. on her hand. Yeah. It looks nasty. It, it looks does. nasty. It looks like there's a lot of broken bones. And then he, st- she closes the door. He snaps the arrow bolt in two, just so she can't use it. Yeah. And she wrote. That's when she writes "coward" on the. Uh, she invites him, which puts "do it" and writes "coward." Oh yeah, he says. He, I think he says something. Don't know, like I'm going to kill you or something. And she's like, "Do it," um, and then "coward." And then she runs and types on a laptop. Who did it? To tell the, yeah, yeah, to give a description and tell about she died fighting. I I don't I don't want to be harsh on a film because I do like this film. It's a good film, but the ending for me it takes too long. 
It carries on for way too long. Is she going to make it? Is she going to kill him? Oh, no, she's losing blood. Oh, no, she's regaining some consciousness. Oh, no, he's strangling her. Oh, wait, she's done this. It's like, oh, man, yeah. it's taking too long. It's, it's too I just, much. I don't know. There's, like, this weird, like, she gets sudden strength and then, like, yeah. she's lost it and then strength and then she's lost it. Um, I think, like you said, the fact, like, when she's in the bathroom... And he smashes the window. You would hear that. Well, she, she's well, dead, she's, so she's, she wouldn't no, no, hear that. No, no, sorry, my apologies. <laughs> you would feel that. But you that. would feel, like, if she's dealing with vibrations, in a bath especially, as the glasses are in it, yeah, you would expect you'd those so. vibrations. But you're right, it takes him to accidentally breathe on her before she realises. Yeah. It is pretty cool, though, that he's going one way with she knife and she's swinging around yeah. the other way. It's a total yeah. Game of Thrones movie. I think that's kind of cool, but then like she runs into she runs into the kitchen. kitchen. She 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 uses incesticide in his face. Yeah. Be fair, she does then she also uses what? Use... incest as on his face. Pesticide. Pesticide. Incesticide. Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, it's insecticide. Pe- pesticide. Well, insect killer, insecticide. She, she uses her. something toxic in his yeah. eyes. She sprays him, which is kind of cool. She sprays him with incest. <laughs> and then, um, whoosh, and then uh, that's me spraying incest. Um, <laughs> she also uses the visual smoke alarm, which looks great to disorientate. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that is yeah. quite cool. And then we have like a, another moment where they... they oh, thank God. Fight. Yeah, he's strangling her. Now, this is something that gets me in every single film. I always get mad at this. I don't get it. When something is out of reach, it is out of reach. You cannot make your arms longer. No matter how many times I've been laid on the city trying to reach remote on table, I can't get it. I can't get it unless I move. But they always manage to do it. She managed to finger it in, get it, finger corkscrew, it. corkscrew into the neck. Was it in his neck? In his yeah. neck. In his neck. Maybe you can grow your arms if you're Inspector Gadget. Do, 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 do. Um, no, I, I, things like th- that does bug me. Anyway, she she kills him. Yeah. And she gets out. She dials 911. She sits on the porch. The cat comes back. The cat bitch comes back. After it's all fucking done. Yeah. Um, and then it is a nice moment, though, because I think like we've got the, the police come in and <coughs> it's quite muted. Um, yeah. And she's... But again, it ends like where you're not sure like what's going to happen now because it's just a police car that comes. Girls be bleeding from a massive wound in her leg for quite a while now. I think the implication is that she that lives. she's died. Yeah, that she oh. lives. That she lives. But yeah, I mean that's kind of hush for you. I like hush. I like hush. I think it's like I think it's got some really solid standout yeah. moments. I love. Um, I know we missed it, but the the scene where he's using Sarah's dead body to tap on the window oh, to get yeah, her attention. Really that, yeah. um, although I don't know why he's tapping again. Them confusions like with vibrations. Did she feel that? She no, she saw his shadow. Didn't she? Yeah, but I think that looks like quite good. And I think as a killer, he is one of the more twisted ones. Yeah. We've got no reason. He don't give a shit. He, he does want to torture and torment her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as a killer, it's quite good. And I also liked his mask. Before he took it off, he yeah. didn't it off for very long. No, but I, I like his it's, it's got a smile. It's clear. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, Hush wasn't a choice made by us. 
we've watched it. We're all going to express an opinion on it. And obviously we need you to do the same. So if you are one of them people who voted for Hush, then vote for Hush when we put it public. If you are someone who didn't vote for Hush, but you think it's the best one out of the four that we've discussed today, make sure you vote. Um, we'll get the episode out. Um, we'll get the voting up and running uh, as soon as the episode's out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know you've got chance to to get your votes in. Um, obviously, I know we're asking a lot to say watch four films. You don't need to watch all four films. If you've watched by, them before, yeah, but you don't need to watch them by the like. Be, to listen to our episodes. No. You've got like all the time in the world to watch them as long as you get to vote for them. So all the time in the world is really four days. Just let's get on it. Let's yeah. let's keep moving onwards and forwards and getting bigger and better and hearing more about the films you like. Um, we, said, we said it on the mini episode, you know, you have been great at getting in touch with us recently. Keep it up because it, it really helps us. And yeah. And we do want to we do want to say we appreciate not only the feedback but l- the length of this episode. Yeah. We know we know we've gone we've gone a little bit longer than we normally do. Yeah. But that's just because we are passionate and we've added your fulfilment. So yeah. you've only really got yourself to blame. <laughs> and it's it's a work in progress. Yeah. You know we're new to this. We're learning as we go along. You're learning with us. We're learning with you. And you know we'll get this stamp out so that. Um, It'll be the best podcast by us. But yeah, I guess that's it from us. Yeah. That is. Thank you very much for lending us your ears. Yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, we will... Be back soon. Yeah. Don't forget to vote. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. To keep up to date with everything we're doing, or if you want to contact us at all, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook and Letterboxd by searching for I Spit on Your Grids. Twitter by searching for the handle at SpitGrids. Or you can email us on electricpossums at gmail.com.